Here we go. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hi, babe. Hi. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? That's so not good. How are you? It's awful. Miss Lisa Rinna. I hate that. I'm glad she doesn't do that anymore. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're right. She doesn't. I haven't even noticed that, but you're absolutely right. She doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Authenticity. Absolutely. Everyone loves a quitter. Let's do it. <laughs> Speaking of quitting... <laughs> You and I have just quit being vegetarian. That's right. Yeah, like less than a week ago or something. About a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We were vegan for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then we were vegetarian for the last six months because we wanted to uh, enjoy cheese. Cheese. And we wanted to use regular milk in baking things. Um, or eggs, sorry, butter, <laughs> butter, egg, this for baking, not for necessarily for eating because we just got tired of it. But, um, but, but, but butter, yeah, we've turned a different corner. We're at a different place in our life and processing things differently. And so we made the decision collectively to become omnivores again. Yeah. So now we eat everything except gluten. Oh yeah. So why don't you eat gluten anymore? <laughs> What's up with that? Because I decided I wasn't interesting enough, so I needed something that made me more interesting. <laughs> I need a personality. What can I change <laughs> in my diet? Um, no, it's because I've been dealing with neuropathy for the last 10 years, and it's idiopathic peripheral neuropathy, which means they don't know why it's happening. Uh, but it turns out that there's this thing called gluten neuropathy, which right. is kind of what idiopathic peripheral neuropathy is often misdiagnosed for. And... Uh, Basically, my body creates these antibodies for the gluten when I eat it, and then the antibodies, as they circulate through my system, damage my nerves. Babe, that's so stupid. It is really stupid because gluten is really freaking good. But I've been off of gluten for three weeks now, and I can feel a difference. And I can also feel a difference in my digestion, too. Well, that's good. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So having to eliminate gluten and being vegan or slash vegetarian meant that there was way too much deprivation going on. And so I needed to figure out, okay, what's really the best thing for me. So because it was starting to feel like it was going to be very depriving and I've already felt deprived by not eating meat and I didn't eat meat because of my love for animals and I couldn't reconcile loving animals while still eating animals. Mm -hmm. And all the information I read supported that you don't have to eat meat to survive, which I totally agree with. Yeah. But I also discovered (laughs) that there's this enzyme called choline and choline, choline. (laughs) I was saying choline. And when I talked to my doctor about it, he corrected me and said choline. (laughs) And uh, it's, it's an enzyme that's responsible for maintaining the strength and health of the membrane of every cell in your body. You can get it in vegetables and legumes, but it's like twice as plentiful in animal product. And when I started eating meat again, within like a day or two, you even noticed a difference in how I looked. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I wasn't so sinewy looking anymore. And I completely recognize that even in my ankles and my legs. And when I see myself walk, like I've just filled out again. Yeah. Not in a like weird bloated way but in a or swollen 
but just like your feet look appropriate. There are times with your neuropathy that where I can notice when it probably hurts you the most because your feet are very cold. I can see the veins in them and they look very, um, your feet almost look emaciated sometimes. Yep. It's weird. Yep. So it's nice to see them nice plump toes and they're nice and warm <laughs> and you have padding under your feet. So it's, it's good. I mean, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's made, it's made a big difference. I feel a big difference. And some of the other side effects of a vegetarian diet are uh, a propensity for anxiety and depression. Check. Um, Self-harm. Kind of check. Well, you haven't harmed yourself, but. But I do. I do in terms of how I punish myself for certain things. Okay. Especially when it comes to my weight and my eating habits. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Um, there's a lot of self-harm in an eating disorder. So there's that's been exacerbated since I've been a vegetarian. Uh, the anxiety, the depression, uh, elevated blood pressure, elevated blood sugar, elevated liver enzymes, elevated cholesterol, all of that stuff. And now it turns out that although being vegetarian can reduce your risk for coronary disease, but mm-hmm. so can just eating a healthy, balanced diet. But that vegetarians have a 20% higher risk for stroke. I remember when we first went vegan slash vegetarian and we were reading up on all of the benefits for it. And I still think that there are benefits to it. This isn't a podcast to tell everyone, hey, stop being vegetarian. But we're just talking about our own decisions. Yeah, this is us. Yeah. This is the story of us. (laughs) (laughs) But even uh, when we first started, we both did it for different reasons. Yours was very focused on animal welfare and uh the ethics surrounding um the the butchering of animals for our own enjoyment and for our own sustenance and my concern was more uh socioeconomic and ecological and the effects that it has on the environment and the communities around these um slaughterhouses Mm -hmm. and how it affects the underground water systems and how uh, people in nearby communities are getting cancer because the water is completely tainted from these um I forgot what they're called, but it's essentially waste ponds where they put all of the actual rotted waste into a water system that's nearby the butcher. And that's what bothered me the most about. Mm-hmm. And this whole specifically thing. with the pig farms, the pig. Yeah. The pork, the pork industries yeah. got some big problems. So I'm, I think in our decision to make this adjustment again in our diet, I, um, there's some reconciliation that you and I both had to make. Mm-hmm. In that, so how are how are you feeling about having made this decision in this way now? I feel great, yeah, uh, because I committed to it in the same way that I felt great when I committed to becoming vegan. Because at that time, with the information I had, it was the best option for me. But um, the biggest issue for me was animals and not wanting to kill another living being for my own food that I didn't need to survive. But Mm -hmm. I now, after four years of not eating meat, have reprocessed and believe that after 2000 years of evolution, my body is now designed to eat meat, whether it was initially intended to or not. I think that humans became large brained humans with smaller digestive tracts because of the introduction of protein into our diets but it just happened to be animal protein that we ate because that was what was available i mean if peanut butter were available that high protein 
would have done the same thing, the same evolution, but it was meat that actually did it. So I said that I had to stop being so fragile in my own mortality and I had to stop taking responsibility and accountability for being born an omnivorous human being. So as long as I approach the situation with humanity and with mindfulness, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing with the life that I've been given here on earth. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that um, you and I both realized that there are ways that we can still make decisions to eat responsibly without completely depriving ourselves of the things that we either enjoy or feel that sustain our body in different ways that we have been missing. Yeah. Um, For example, finding uh, chicken that has been ethically raised Mm -hmm. and humanely uh, slaughtered Mm -hmm. and knowing that these farmers are taking the time to do what is um, ethically right Mm -hmm. in order to provide, but they're not like foster farmsing it and just slaughtering chickens in the worst terrible way that you can imagine and to keeping them in horrible living conditions. We're actually doing some work to make sure that when we can, we're still selecting uh, poultry and beef from these companies that are that are taking the time and doing the right thing in order to provide this for us. Integrity above all else. Yeah. We can have the things that we want, just as long as the means in which we go about providing those things for ourselves maintain integrity. Mm-hmm. And I agree with everything that, you, that you're saying on that point. And I think that... Um, Eating, I think that you can love animals and you can also eat animals at the same time. Yeah. I had a midlife crisis four years ago, shortly after becoming vegan. And it's been a struggle ever since. I've had good years and I've had bad years over the Mm -hmm. last four years. And uh, it, it was interesting to finally realize that me not eating an animal is not going to give me a free pass on death. Right. Okay, so every my every ounce of compassion that I felt because it was, was, well, what if that cow, what if that chicken was living a life like I'm living my life and then somebody bigger and stronger came along and killed it for food and it had no say in the choice at all? Mm-hmm. Like that would that's a horrible thing. But I also understand now that despite being empathetic or not empathetic, sentient creatures that Animals also don't have a moral code or a moral hierarchy. So if it's humane and it's done with integrity, then what we're doing is facilitating the food chain, a food chain that we did not have anything to do with creating. Mm -hmm. We were born into it. So I'm owning that, but I'm not taking responsibility for it because I wasn't here 2000 years ago when humans decided to pick the meat off of carcasses to see what would happen. That's right. It's, uh, that's a bit of a reconciliation moment too, for me too. It's, it's the realization that while we aren't responsible for the whole saving of these animals, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's the realization that our decisions don't matter that much, but also acknowledging that our decisions do matter. So kind of finding that balance, at least for me is realizing that, yeah, I'm not responsible for everything but i can i can do my part i can help a little bit i want to feel good about the choices i've made 
when my day is over and I'm laying my head down on my pillow. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way for me to do that is to approach every decision with mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Because whether I made the right decision or the wrong decision, my intent and my integrity through that intent was maintained, whether I did the right thing or not. I, I, I may have done the wrong thing because I didn't know better, or I did the right thing because I did know better. That's what's important. And that comes from mindfulness. Absolutely. I also think that that's more valuable as, as a member of society to be able to say, I'm just mindful. I'm well, aware yeah. of my impact. I'm aware of what I'm doing. I'm aware of, of decisions that I'm making rather than a blanket statement. Like we're vegan, we're vegetarian. It's like, no, we're just, we're mindful. We're aware. It's a trait that has a very wide scope. Mm -hmm. So you can apply it mindfulness to any area of your life. And for me, mindfulness is thinking to think, thinking to think. I like that. What are you thinking about? Why are you thinking it? You feel something. Why don't just like for me, if I feel bad about something, I don't feel bad because this thing hurt me. I feel bad because I told myself that if this thing happens, it will hurt me. So then my response to that trained thought is then to feel bad. But then I have to ask myself, why am I feeling bad? Mm -hmm. And that's what got me to thinking about not eating meat again. Why did I feel bad about it? It didn't have anything to do with the fact that I thought if I started to live this life where I was uber mindful of every other bit of life around me and made extraordinary effort to preserve all life at any measure that somehow I would escape death that right. God or the universe would come and say, or Liesl von Ruman from death becomes <laughs> or would come and say, you know what? You've earned the right to not have to go through that experience. Here you go. And that's simply not going to happen. Yeah. So now I'm choosing to perceive my reality in a way that works best for me based on my 40, almost 45 years of experience of knowing what's right, what's wrong, and where my margin for my moral fiber lies so that I can make sure I'm within that margin every day. Yeah. So I'm eating meat again. I feel great. Um, it was like when I had that first steak, I, it was like, the first 20 minutes after I ate it, it felt like every cell in my body was fighting for that animal protein that I just put back into my body. And I felt alive in a way that I hadn't in a really long time. And that was the first thing that you had had, right? Yep. That was, that was... I was zero meat for four years. Yeah. And I had no problem. The first thing I ate was a steak. <laughs> it's not my main staple. We do chicken and fish. And then like once a week we do beef. Um, but I had no challenge with it at all because it was my belief, which I now believe to be true because this has been my experience, is that even if I don't eat meat for four years, after 2,000 years of evolution, my body is not going to forget how to digest meat. Especially yeah. when the enzymes used to break down meat are the same enzymes that are used to break down plant protein. Well, I've heard situations where people are concerned about, oh, I'm going to get sick after not having any meat. Or it, they kind of picture it like some horrible horror movie scene where like, Wah. those are the those people are the reason why I did not give gluten sensitivity any credibility. Right. But that wasn't the case. I, I didn't feel any sickness. No. 
at all. But you had also had meat here and there over the last four years. Yeah, I was going to mention that. But it's also, it's it was maybe like once every six months, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I work at Taco Bell. <laughs> Just enough to keep your system baseline. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, sometimes there were product tastings where I, I did want to participate to get a little bit um, better understanding of the product and make sure I knew what was going on. But also some of it was just really good. And I wanted to try it. Meat is good. Yeah. It tastes good. It's good for me. It's nutritious. Mm-hmm. I enjoy eating it. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I was digressing into uh, the office with Michael <laughs> Scott when he grilled his foot in his George Foreman grill. Bacon we're not doing though, because right. pork Pork, I, I don't know. It, it's just pork, pigs in particular, hold a special place in my heart. So I do have a hard time eating that. But I just really need to, for me, I, it's time to grow up. It's time to pull my big boy panties on and just say, this is the way that life works. Because this is the way that Mother Nature or God or the universe has intended it to be. Who am I to say, no, that's not right? Especially when I feel physically and mentally better when I'm eating meat Mm -hmm. and having been able to, as you so eloquently said, reconcile my belief system to a place that it works better for me. And it's more productive in terms of my overall happiness, because I also feel I've just been in a better freaking mood since I started eating meat again a week ago. Yeah, I think so. And I say reconciliation specifically because I think that people may also perceive this as a justification, like I'm justifying my decisions, but it really does to me. I am. It feels like a reconciliation. I'm justifying my decision. If I don't justify my decision to myself, then I'm not making a decision with the understanding of why I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. That's why when sometimes... I get into an argument with someone and they'll say, and it's already someone who doesn't like me anyway, but they'll say, oh, you just have an answer for everything, don't you? And it's like, if you're asking me why I'm doing what I'm doing, oh, you betcha I'm going to have an answer for everything I do. Otherwise, why would I be doing it? Well, and why wouldn't you as a, why wouldn't you be able to support where you're at and the decisions that you make. Because it comes from people who don't understand what self-awareness is, what mindfulness is. They read a book about growth and they're like, yes, I'm totally into growth. But you have to actually do the uncomfortable stuff in order to grow. So when I deal with that kind of attitude, I know where it's coming from and it has nothing to do with me, but it's still, I just want to take my finger and just flick them away. (laughs) Having read one Chicken Soup for the Soul book, Mindfulness Does Not Make. Exactly. (laughs) um so if anyone else is thinking about it even if not being vegetarian or omnivore whatever this again this podcast isn't to um solicit that decision making process for yourself we're just sharing on our behalf but i did want to share a website i'm sure we've all heard of the aspca of course um but they i just found this it's an actual website um where it's called shop with your heart and you can actually select um, different criteria and filters that allows you to purchase uh, chicken and beef and eggs and pork, and they'll help to find the most um, responsibly and ethically sourced um, brands and companies that, that supply these to these grocery stores. That's great. Yeah. None of this stuff is impossible to do. It just takes work, but Anything that I believe one does as a human that's worth doing 
is going to have to take some work, at least in the beginning. Anything worthwhile, like whether it's a new workout program or a new diet or a new job, you have to learn how to get what you need from it so that you can then enjoy it, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I totally agree. So there's ways to live healthy, there's ways to live responsibly, and there's ways to live without feeling deprived as long as you can manage the integrity and the humanity and the respect to the food chain and how each species is here to support another species. Mm-hmm. That, that is our ecosystem. Right. And um, there's, you know, there's a lot of really kind of, I'd say vapid arguments back and forth. Like, you know, if we weren't supposed to eat meat, then, you know, or, you know, if we're supposed to eat meat, why don't we have fangs? Well, we do. Mm-hmm. But after, Again, like a few hundred years of evolution, once we learned to cook our protein, then through evolution, our canine fangs recessed because we didn't need them because we were no longer eating raw meat. And the reason why we knew to and were motivated to eat cooked meat was because the energy and the protein we got from that fuel was even more available and faster delivered when it was cooked. So that's why we cook our meat. Mm -hmm. And the evolution has accommodated that. Like when we went from being frugivores and just eating fruits and vegetables and twigs and berries, our (laughs) (laughs) Mm, our intestinal tract was like seven times longer than it is now because it takes so much longer for all of that to get processed into our system for our system to pull out what it needs from it. And then one day, a saber-toothed tiger showed up and left behind a carcass, and humans were like, hmm, what if we eat this? Mmm, tiger. And that raw meat that was left behind became the new protein source. And that protein source, because it was so easily digestible, allowed the intestinal tract or the digestive tract to shrink, which then allowed other areas of the body to use that excess energy and our brain is what used that excess energy and our brain grew from that protein. And that's why humans are humans rather than like the other animals that we see here. You're so smart. I read. I like to know the things that I'm curious about and especially the things that I think affect me and how I live my life. Or yeah. How I spend my time here on this planet. Yeah. Absolutely. Unicorn planet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm always impressed in these moments too, because you're able to retain so much pertinent information. I'm not so great at that. Mm. Although, no, I'm not so great at that. I maintain random trivia that serves no purpose whatsoever, unless I'm playing a random game of Trivial Pursuit or something. Mm -hmm. But um, it's nice to hear you talk about this stuff. I like it. Thanks. Yeah. Well, we all love to hear the sound of our own voice, don't we? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I do. Sometimes I do. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot of evolution involved in what goes into thinking about our diet, fuel for our bodies, what works best. And to that, you and I are also going to start trying the keto diet because it's been a fad long enough that we're not jumping on the fad bandwagon. But even my stem cell doctor says the stem cell diet really is a keto diet. It's a diet that's rich in fats and proteins and very low carbs, mm-hmm. but not it's it's not uh, like the Atkins diet of the 90s. I remember all my friends went on Atkins <laughs> diet and they lost like 60 pounds, but they were, we would go to McDonald's and they would order two double quarter pounders with cheese and then just ditched the buns. 
And they, uh, seriously, one of my friends lost 60 pounds, looked amazing, like almost jealous amazing, but was so incredibly unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So being paleo or being keto for us is really about a diet that helps keep me out of pain, right? And also something that helps balance us so that we're the healthiest that we can be because clearly the FDA's food triangle of, you know, dairy, grains, meat has not been working for us because we are not the most healthy people. Well, that's that's a whole other thing, right? We know that the FDA has a... Well, it is a whole other thing, so yeah. let's not get into it. But the fact is, is that that is what you and I, as most Americans, have been going off of, or yeah. some bastardized version of that, in the search of what is a, quote-unquote, healthy, balanced diet. And I don't think that the answer lies in that. Right. So let's start looking at the science <clears throat> behind our how our bodies process our fuel, rather than the business of how our bodies process fuel. And that's why I'm interested in experimenting with this keto diet to see where we go. Where does our cholesterol go? Where does our, our uh, blood pressure and our liver enzymes go after we're doing what could be a better way to eat that's just maybe a less lucrative way for our government to have us be eating. Yeah. And I think going back to um, making decisions for yourself, we are making this decision primarily to to mediate your pain levels. And then hopefully that and will my be... Mental, my mental deficiency, I yeah. don't know what to call it. No, but my anxiety, right. my depression, that's always been there, but it's always been very manageable. Yeah. And over the last four years, it has become unmanageable mm-hmm. and to the point where even my therapist was like jared it's just it's not supposed to be this difficult yeah and she's absolutely right she's absolutely right yeah <laughs> sorry that's a little helen sharp from death becomes there <laughs> um but no so i've reconciled my feelings with death i understand now that there isn't anything that i can do no virtuous life is going to free me from the shackles of death we all experience it So now my goal is to do what I need to do to feel my best so I can be my best, to be respectful, to be empathetic, and to be mindful of all life, including my own. Excellent. I'm there with you. Thanks, babe. Yeah. It's nice to have you there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about nutrition, about uh, your diet, whether being uh, omnivorous, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian is right for you. Be sure to have that conversation with your doctor mm-hmm. and we'll be more than happy to answer any questions about our own personal experience. If that also helps you just go ahead and leave those uh, in our email box. And where can they find that Robert? Hello at Mr. And Mrs.com. Beautiful. Have a great week. You guys we will see you next time. Bye everyone. Have a question for us or want to be a guest on our podcast? Email us at hello at mrandmrs.show. Or for more information and episodes, visit our webpage at mrandmrs.show.